Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This is a case update. Please listen to Season 5, Episodes 13 and 14 for more details. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. PC Andrew Harper was killed while on duty only four weeks after his wedding. The three people involved in his death were tried at the Old Bailey for murder. Following the trial, towards the end of July 2020, Henry Long, Albert Bowers and Jesse Cole were acquitted though they would each be facing time behind bars as they were either found guilty of or admitted to a charge of manslaughter. Long received 16 years with an extended licence period of three years. Bowers and Cole received 13 years detention in a young offender institution. However, Bowers and Cole were now going to fight to have their convictions for manslaughter overturned and all three believe their sentences were manifestly excessive and should be reduced. This case update follows what happened next. When handing down his sentence, the judge, Mr Justice Edis, said, The jury were not sure that Henry Long knew that as he was driving from Admore Lane to Ufton Lane, The car he was driving was dragging a human body. That is what the prosecution had to prove before anyone could be convicted of murder, and they did not succeed in doing so. These young men therefore fall to be sentenced for manslaughter. Cases of manslaughter range greatly in seriousness. Sometimes death may be caused by an act of gross carelessness, Sometimes a case of manslaughter may be very close to a case of murder in its seriousness. That is so here. This is a very serious case of manslaughter.
murder is defined as taking someone's life with the intention to kill or cause really serious harm. Manslaughter, on the other hand, is categorised as unintentionally ending someone's life either through gross negligence or an unlawful act. While the young men responsible for PC Harper's death considered their sentences extreme, the Attorney General's office were now arguing the opposite and referred the case to the Court of Appeal. It was contended the sentences handed down to Long, Bowers and Cole were unduly lenient and should be increased. It would be almost a year and a half before the men who took PC Harper's life would learn their fate. But in that time, not one but two campaigns to change the law were underway. After the death of her husband, PC Harper's widow Lissy set out to make changes to the law that would see an automatic life sentence handed down to someone who ended the life of an emergency worker while in the line of duty. A petition was set up on change.org, which quickly garnered over half a million signatures. A great deal of media coverage followed, and Lissy wanted to meet with Home Secretary Priti Patel to discuss the proposal called Harper's Law and how it could protect emergency workers. Speaking about PC Andrew Harper's death and how she was open to a meeting, Priti Patel addressed reporters. I'm looking forward to seeing Lissy. I've been in touch with Lissy Harper and, as I've said, members of um, Andrew's family over the last year. It has been a year now. Um, PC Harper's death happened literally in my second week of becoming Home Secretary. So I've been in touch with his colleagues, obviously Thames Valley Police Force. I want to work with them to find a way in which we can, if we want to change laws, we seek to do that. And obviously I will work with my colleagues across government to, to try and achieve that. But first and foremost, my, you know, my priority is to listen to Lissy Harper, spend some time with her and listen to her views as to not just what has happened, but how she can work with us to make a real difference here. Lizzie Harper later described her frustrations, detailing why she thought the law needed to change. She said, Our justice system is broken, and we need Harper's law to help fix it. I have witnessed firsthand the lenient and insufficient way in which the justice system deals with criminals who take the lives of our emergency workers. We need Harper's Law to give the ultimate protection to our emergency services workers. They run towards danger to protect the public from harm. They go out every day and risk their lives to protect us. They deserve the ultimate protection in return. The campaign received backing from the Police Federation of England and Wales. This staff body represents the interests of almost 150,000 officers. Police are forbidden from joining trade unions as any strike action could present a threat to the public's safety. A meeting was arranged so Lissy Harper could discuss the legal reforms not only with the Home Secretary but also the Justice Secretary, Robert Buckland. Buckland, MP for Swindon South, was heavily involved in petitioning the government to review the laws surrounding the Police and Criminal Evidence Act following Christopher Halliwell's arrest. Halliwell murdered both Becky Gordon Edwards and Sean O'Callaghan and led the police to their bodies in 2011. When former Detective Superintendent Stephen Fulcher had spoken with Halliwell after he confessed and provided the location of Sean O'Callaghan's body, Halliwell asked Fulcher if he wanted, quote, another one. Halliwell took Fulcher along with an entourage of officers to another site where the body of Becky Gordon Edwards was later found. However, when obtaining this information the correct PACE guidelines were not followed and the evidence gathered could not be used. 
This meant for at least several years a charge for the murder of Becky Gordon Edwards could not be laid. A subsequent court case followed in 2016. The crimes of Christopher Halliwell are covered on this podcast under the title A Confession, Parts 1 and 2. Andrew Harper's mother also sought a review of the law. She felt the minimum term of someone who kills an emergency worker should be set at least to 20 years. Launching her own effort to make changes to sentencing guidelines, under the name of Andrew's Law, Deborah Adlam told a correspondent with the BBC, I'm looking forward to sharing our thoughts on a possible solution to deter people whilst they are committing a crime from seriously injuring or killing blue light officers. In Deborah Adlam's mind, there should be no discount for age or early guilty plea. The difference between the separate campaigns appeared to be that while PC Harper's mother sought a minimum term of at least two decades, the campaign being spearheaded by Andrew's widow was discussing the possibility of a separate offence outside of manslaughter or murder. When Deborah Adlam was interviewed, she made it clear that she did not believe the life of an emergency worker was any more or less important than a member of the public. However, she felt changes needed to be made to protect them due to the dangers they face every day. She also did not wish to undo verdicts, but wanted to make sure that killers with no other option than to plead guilty should not be rewarded by receiving a discounted sentence. It kind of feels like a mockery, really, because that's never in a million years did we expect to be even in this situation, but to be now thinking, you know, in less than 10 years, we could be seeing them back out on the street. That's not right. That's not right for him, and he deserves better. Speculation about what exactly could happen given the emotive nature of the case filled the newspaper pages. Some argued that the law should be changed. Others felt that if it did, the changes could have unintended consequences. There is a considerable difference between a conviction of murder and manslaughter, and sentencing in a similar manner without regard for circumstance could cause problems. Some members of the public suggested that the reduction made on a guilty plea should be removed if culprits are caught red-handed, and there is irrefutable proof of their guilt. That said, this could also have a knock-on effect as offenders then might choose to fight a case as they would have nothing to lose and no incentive to plead guilty. Furthermore, there was the complication of the killer's ages at the time PC Harper died. Two of them were teenagers, with a third barely into adulthood. How would this apply? Additionally, arguments were made for why the life of an emergency worker, police officer, firefighter, nurse doctor, paramedic or prison officer was any different from a member of the public. Also, where did the argument of culpability belong if the terms were automatic, even in the instance of an accident? When interviewed by a reporter from the BBC, the author and blogger who identifies themselves as the secret barrister recognised the need for sympathy and a review of sentencing guidelines. Although they addressed what they believed would be the inequality in sentencing, if Harper's Law were enacted without factoring in circumstance, as treating everyone the same would, quote, guarantee injustice, it would be manifestly unfair to treat somebody who, say, pushes a police officer and causes them to fall and sustain a fatal injury as equally as culpable as somebody who sets out to kill or seriously injure. Commenting on her battle to change the law, 
Lizzie Harper would tell a journalist for the Telegraph newspaper. Just because the law's been in place for many years doesn't mean that it's right. A lot of people have said changing legislation is really hard. Just because something's hard doesn't mean we shouldn't try and fix it. That's exactly what I intend to do. So basically what we want is protection for our emergency services workers. This will mean that a whole new law um, that will involve a person um, who goes out to commit a crime and as a result of that crime someone is killed, i.e. a police officer, nurse, paramedic, um, prison officer, then they would spend the rest of their lives in prison. They would get a life sentence. The person who would be uh, given this conviction... Lizzie Harper made it clear that she did not seek a whole life order nor did she want to see life sentences for the crime of manslaughter. She was asking for a life sentence and a corresponding minimum term to be imposed as a, quote, direct result of a crime they have committed. Lizzie, however, agreed that there should be some flexibility in her proposal. She made it clear that as the campaign was a personal one, she felt that criticism should fall on her shoulders and not the organisation supporting her. Before her meeting with the Home Secretary, the wife of the late PC Harper spoke about the lack of remorse Andrew's killers had shown. They were pictured laughing and joking with reporters as they were being transported between pre-trial appointments. Due to changes in court process because of the coronavirus outbreak, Henry Long, Albert Bowers and Jesse Cole were not in the courtroom, but appeared via video link, a stream of which was played uninterrupted. They continued to snigger, barely paying any attention to what was going on. One of them, Albert Bowers, even fell asleep when the court was played footage of PC Harper being dragged to his death. Lizzie said she could not forgive the young men responsible. She felt that by them appealing what she considered to be lenient sentences, this was another way they were milking the system. A decent human being would feel an enormous amount of guilt and you would think they would accept the punishment that they have been dealt, she said. Even though they got such a lenient outcome, they still don't think they should have to face it. It's disgraceful. Asked about the possibility of rehabilitation. That would be what everybody wants to see. It's probably quite unlikely, she added. As the furore continued after the trial, the press and a great deal of the public were outraged with the attitude of the young men convicted, the cheers and the cajoling between them when the verdicts were read out. The tabloids reported on rumours that while in Belmarsh Prison, both Jesse Cole and Albert Bowers had voiced their desire to write a book. Under the belief that they would be making their fortune, it was speculated they would need to dictate their thoughts to an associate as they could barely read or write. They had amassed a great deal of attention behind bars, and their infamy had turned them into minor celebrities, or at least that's the way they saw themselves. While their legal team set out to fight the length of time they were to serve behind bars, the Attorney General was building a case against them, arguing their terms should be extended. Suella Braverman said of the sentences, This was a horrific crime which resulted in the death of a much-respected police officer while he was on duty, protecting his community. Having personally considered the details of this shocking case, I have decided to refer the sentences of PC Andrew Harper's killers to the Court of Appeal. Attacks made against emergency workers will not be tolerated and offenders should be punished with the greatest severity for such heinous crimes. It was confirmed in an unusual move, Zuella Braverman would be arguing the case before the appeal judges. 
in her role, the Attorney General would not ordinarily appear in court. However, this case seemed to be far from ordinary. Reporters for the Daily Mail carried out an investigation into the funds provided to the barristers and solicitors for PC Harper's killers. The cumulative total of legal aid reached almost half a million pounds. The total included services rendered during the first failed trial, which had to be abandoned due to the outbreak of coronavirus. Henry Long's solicitors and barrister received almost £170,000. Albert Bowers received £130,000 and Jesse Cole just over £160,000 with additional funds allocated after their arrests. On hearing the news of how much money was spent on legal aid for the defence of the young men, Lizzie Harper said, It saddens me but does not surprise me. That's so much public money that has been and continues to be spent on defending the indefensible. This just doesn't seem right or fair. Andrew was my whole life. I've had to sit in a courtroom and witness the people who chose to take my husband's life show no remorse. Summarising her thoughts, she went on to say, Not only did we not get justice for Andrew, we know the cost of that injustice. There was little sympathy for Long, Cole or Bowers and how their circumstances led them to be incarcerated. However, providing they met the criteria the killers were entitled to legal aid no matter how disliked they might be. This ensured a fair legal system. Although circumstances vary in all the countries that make up the United Kingdom, eligibility for legal aid depends on the severity of the case and your financial circumstances or lack of savings. In England and Wales, if the case is serious and proceeds to the Crown Court, then anyone who receives universal credit or financial support payments are permitted legal aid, and chances of eligibility increase if your liberty or livelihood could be removed if the case is lost. Financial situations are assessed, which could lead to the applicant paying a portion of the cost themselves. The criteria for legal aid also includes any dependents the applicant might have, such as children, along with the income from their partner. The legal advisor applies on their behalf, and money would go directly to them. As the young people who took PC Harper's life would be mounting a defence against their sentences and convictions in the case of Bowers and Cole, providing it was agreed that their arguments had merit and they were granted leave to appeal, they would receive further legal aid. At the beginning of September 2020, for 45 minutes, Lissy Harper met with both the Home Secretary and the Justice Secretary to discuss a fixed minimum term for anyone who caused the death of an emergency worker. Comparisons were made to how other countries sentenced the death of a police officer, such as the southeastern state of Victoria in Australia. This offence carries a minimum term of three decades. Or in Ireland, offenders will see another ten years on top of that. After hearing Lissy's thoughts, both Pretty Patel and Robert Buckland agreed that they would look into the possibilities of the proposal and how it could be implemented. The finer details of any changes would need to account for death by accident without intent and gross negligence. The meeting went really well actually. Um, I'm feeling really positive about the discussions that we had. Um, And I think it was a really important meeting to to get set and to actually 
um, have with them. Um, you know, uh, meeting Priti Patel was, was always our goal at this point and she's been really encouraging about the support that they're happy to give us. Andrew's mother Deborah also met with the Home Secretary and she too was seeking to increase sentences for killers of emergency workers. While her campaign had not gathered the same amount of press, the objective sought a similar goal. The proposal for changes to the law received support from countless MPs across the political spectrum, along with support from the National Police Chiefs Council and other areas including the Prison Officers Association. Prison officers would also be covered under the proposed changes. Comments made by the association's general secretary were widely reported. Steve Gillian said, Some of our members have come close to losing their lives due to being assaulted at work. It is horrendous. Society has become a little bit broken. It's almost a badge of honour if you assault a prison officer or a police officer. We need stronger legislation as a deterrent for the courts to view attacks and assaults seriously and to ensure the CPS prosecutes when it should do. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand, and now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safer families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. 
Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at centair.com. As the appeal date drew closer and a further meeting was held with the Home Secretary, Lizzie Harper continued to raise awareness about her campaign. The topic often turned to the man who was now no longer by her side. She described to a reporter for the Sunday Mirror the impact of Andrew's death and how she only accepted what had happened when she went to collect his ashes. Lissy had yet to scatter them, keeping them in a box near her bedside. She still continued to talk to her husband as a way to channel her grief. I still have dreams where Andrew is there, and I've written lots of letters to him, which is something quite healing for me, Lissy said. On days like anniversaries, I still speak to him. I tell him things like missing you. I can hear him reassuring me and telling me not to worry, just like he always would. During the beginning of November 2020, lawyers for the Home Office began work drafting legislation that would set a life term with a minimum sentence for anyone causing the death of an emergency worker while committing a crime. News of the work being done came a month and a half after the death of Metropolitan Police Sergeant Matt Ratana. The officer in his mid-fifties was in the process of searching a suspect. New Zealand-born Matt Ratana had been an officer in the police force on and off for almost three decades, after coming to the UK in the late 80s. He joined the Metropolitan Police in 1991 and was due to retire a few months after his death. Following a stop and search, 23-year-old Louis de Zoyza had been arrested on suspicion of possession of Class B drugs with intent to supply and possession of ammunition. He was taken to a custody centre in South London and placed in a holding room. During the early hours of Friday, September 25th, while the suspect was still handcuffed and about to be searched with a metal detector, he produced a revolver concealed in his waistband. He shot Matt Ratana in the chest before turning the gun on himself. Ratana later died in hospital, however the suspect remained in a critical condition. The weapon had not been found when de Zoyza was initially searched, although it was recovered after the shooting. According to press reports, the gunman often used the dark web and had a fascination with firearms. An address linked to him was searched and a controlled explosion was carried out. Another individual arrested on suspicion of supplying the firearm used in the killing was taken into police custody though he was later released without charge. Although he survived, Azoiza has been left with what is described as life-changing injuries. At this point in time, an investigation is ongoing as legal advisers are being consulted as to how a prosecution could be mounted against Azoiza. While the death of a police officer on duty was described as a rare thing by the Commissioner for Scotland Yard, more than half a dozen officers had lost their lives in the last 12 months since PC Harper's death. In an address marking National Police Memorial Day, held online due to the restrictions of the coronavirus pandemic, the Prince of Wales offered his condolences to the families left behind. And among others, Lissy Harper offered a pre-recorded message. The screen pictured the flickering light of a candle, commemorating lives lost. 
on the last day of November 2020. Arguments were heard at the Royal Courts of Justice as to whether or not the people responsible for ending the life of PC Andrew Harper should have their sentences either increased or decreased. The three young men, Henry Long, who admitted a charge of manslaughter, along with Albert Bowers and Jesse Cole, who were found guilty of manslaughter, watched via video link from HMP Belmarsh. During the proceedings, Bowers and Cole would be appealing their convictions. Lissy Harper witnessed the Attorney General Suella Braverman argue the Crown's case before Dame Victoria Sharp, Lord Justice Holroyd and Mr Justice William Davis. In a written submission, Braverman contended that the case, quote, caused and continues to cause widespread public concern. Seriousness of an offence is very important criteria in sentencing. The fact is that they caused the death of a police officer acting in the course of his duties. These men put their lives at risk every single day. PC Harper paid the ultimate price for his bravery, and this should be reflected in the sentencing. The officer's death was described as truly terrifying and sickening. Acting for the Crown along with the Attorney General, Tom Little QC said that it must have been clear what had happened to PC Harper. Little said, The slalom-like road markings was evidence of the driver trying to get rid of PC Harper who was being dragged from behind. They looked behind and saw PC Andrew Harper. From the moment they pulled away, they must have known that they were dragging a police officer. In her reasoning, Braverman repeated comments made by Mr Justice Edis in the trial, in which he said it was as serious a case of manslaughter as it is possible to envisage. She said the sentences should be increased. If not in a case such as this, then when, she added. It was proposed that Henry Long's sentence be increased to life, not an extended determinate sentence and Bowers and Cole should see a substantial uplift in the time they were to spend behind bars. Braverman was of the opinion that when Mr Justice Edis passed sentence on Bowers and Cole, the decision relied too heavily on their ages, culpability, and what she described as learning difficulties. It was proclaimed that Long's age being 18 at the time, was not reason enough to not impose a life sentence. The judge should have reached a provisional punishment before making deductions for Long's age and guilty plea. The Attorney General believed the judge made excessive reductions. She submitted the custodial sentences for all three men were too short. On the opposite side of the argument, lawyers for Long, Bowers and Cole claimed that the sentences handed to their clients should be reduced, as they were, quote, manifestly excessive. Timothy Raggett QC, representing Albert Bowers, said it was blunt, far-fetched in the extreme to consider the sentences handed down as unduly lenient. Representing Long, Rosano Scamardella QC referred back to the points he made at the trial. He described PC Harper's death as a freakish accident. There was no intentional application of force or violence, Scamardella said. There was no intent whatsoever to cause serious bodily harm or death. Scamardella voiced the opinion that it was wrong that his client was deemed dangerous. The barrister believed that when calculating Henry Long's sentence, the judge, Mr Justice Edis, did not give his client full credit for the guilty plea and began at too high a starting point. Also, Scamardella felt there was an unfair disparity of sentencing between the offenders. 
the barrister recognised that there had been widespread public concern. Although he thought the concern incorrectly came from the belief that no responsible juror would have arrived at the verdict they did unless there had been some form of tampering. He stated there was a difference between the widespread public concern he saw, as mentioned by the Attorney General, and damage to public confidence if amendments were not made to the sentences. Widespread public concern is not necessarily an indicator that something has gone wrong, either with a verdict or a sentence, Scamardella said. The barrister pointed out that an elevation in the minimum sentence period could only be made in exceptional circumstances. Scamardella observed that comments regarding widespread public concern should have no influence on the issue of whether his client's sentence ought to be adjusted one way or the other. While Henry Long had pleaded guilty to manslaughter, counsels for Jesse Cole and Albert Bowers also appealed against their clients' convictions. After all the evidence had been presented, the appeal judges did not make a ruling straight away. Instead, they deferred their decision, which they said they would give at a later date. Following the arguments, outside the Royal Courts of Justice, Lizzie Harper spoke to the media and described a sense of balance. Although she considered the case harrowing, Lizzie believed that she was now one step closer to what she saw as a fair outcome. I stand before you with my heart as heavy as it was those many months ago when I stood feeling let down and angry outside of the old bailey, she said. Yet today I feel pride in myself for not settling for something that I see as unacceptable. Proud to fight for my heroic husband Andrew, as I also continue to push for the safety and justice of his fellow emergency service protectors in the future. Trying to understand how the three people responsible for the death of PC Andrew Harper ended up in the situation they did is a complicated question to answer. Henry Long, the getaway driver, was 18. His two co-conspirators, Albert Bowers and Jesse Cole, were a year younger and were not adults in the eyes of the law. None of them had been raised in a stable environment. None of them had a grasp of the written word. Long and Bowers were removed from school, and Cole had only mastered writing his name. The task of trying to get under the skin of their circumstances is challenging. There is little information about them. Bowers did himself few favours during the trial, often laughing and was recorded cajoling with reporters during one of his first court appearances at Reading Magistrates Court. They also posted highly questionable content on social media. Again, Bowers in particular. It is clear he held racist views and posted several pictures of slaughtered animals. Along with convictions for possessing an offensive weapon, battery and sexual assault by touching make any arguments to try and explain his actions problematic. Long had convictions for shoplifting, battery and driving while drunk. Like generations of his family before him, he was an experienced thief, something he spoke of at the trial. He was renowned for being a fast driver who had even escaped police on occasion. Jesse Cole was the only one of the three who had no criminal record, and he alleged he had not known either Long or Bowers for very long before their arrest. Two of the people convicted were 17 at the time of the crimes, 
Albert Bowers and Jesse Carl. During the first trial, their names were withheld due to their age. However, following the start of the coronavirus outbreak, the proceedings were abandoned. As they had since turned 18, when the second trial was held, their names could then be revealed. Guidance surrounding the general approach of sentencing children and young adults highlights the importance of avoiding criminalising children and young people unnecessarily. It suggests promoting reintegration into society rather than punishment. According to the Sentencing Council for England and Wales, while the seriousness of the offence should be the starting point, the approach to sentencing should be tailored to the child or young person as opposed to offence-focused. The principles describe how, when sentencing, it is, quote, important to bear in mind any factors that may diminish the culpability of a child or young person. Children and young people are not fully developed, and they have not attained full maturity. As such, this can impact on their decision-making and risk-taking behaviour. It is important to consider the extent to which the child or young person has been acting impulsively and whether their conduct has been affected by inexperience, emotional volatility or negative influences. They may not fully appreciate the effects their actions can have on other people and may not be capable of fully understanding the distress and pain they cause to the victims of their crimes. Children and young people are also likely to be susceptible to peer pressure and other external influences, and changes taking place during adolescence can lead to experimentation, resulting in criminal behaviour. The Sentencing Council for England and Wales was set up to improve confidence in the criminal justice system by providing guidance and mentoring to ensure a consistent approach when sentencing. The Sentencing Council's chairman is Lord Justice Holroyd, one of the appeal judges who would decide the fate of the three young men that ended the life of PC Andrew Harper. A judgment from Dame Victoria Sharp, the President of the Queen's Bench Division, Lord Justice Holroyd and Mr Justice William Davis arrived nine days before Christmas 2020. Announcing the decision, Dame Victoria Sharp recognised that PC Harper had lost his life in the line of duty and acknowledged the seriousness of the offences committed. The officer's family had the Sympathy of the nation, she said. But the judgment highlighted that the three young men responsible for taking PC Andrew Harper's life were facing charges of manslaughter, not murder. The decisions surrounding their sentences must be resolved in accordance with the law. The appeal judges described that the essential issue for each of the applications was whether the trial judge passed a sentence outside the range available to him. In spite of the Attorney General's insistence, they did not believe that the trial judge wrongly relied on age alone, nor did they consider that the sentences were insufficient. The appeal judges also did not accept that the only option when sentencing Henry Long, the driver of the vehicle, was life. They felt that Mr Justice Edis was allowed to consider the prospect of the offender's maturity and the subsequent reduction in risk that might bring. The judge was entitled to look at alternative sentences, including the extended licence conditions which the appeal judges felt would provide sufficient protection for the public. The three appeal judges also found the element of the arguments made by Suella Braverman unusual after she claimed the sentences were unduly lenient. 
the reductions made by reason of their ages were in accordance with the sentencing principles stated in the Children and Young People Guideline. No basis was provided for the Attorney General's position that the judge should not have followed those guidelines. The minimum terms of Henry Long, Albert Bowers and Jesse Cole would not be increased. Furthermore, the appeal against their sentences for being manifestly excessive was also refused. Counsel for Bowers and Cole were ineffective in their arguments surrounding the outcome of their manslaughter convictions. The appeal judges described the argument that the sentences were manifestly excessive or wrong in principle as wholly unarguable. The three judges felt Mr Justice Edis was entitled to consider Henry Long dangerous. They believed that the offence was a very serious example of manslaughter by an unlawful act and one which was close to murder in its seriousness. They also believed that Henry Long should be sentenced differently as he was the ringleader and the driver of the vehicle. However, that said the appeal judges did reduce Bowers and Cole's sentences for conspiracy to steal. Due to their ages at the time of the crimes and the fact there was no proper ground for withholding a reduction for their guilty pleas, the 38 months detention they faced was reduced to a year and a half, although this would have no material impact on the time they were to serve, as the charges were concurrent with a 13-year sentence for manslaughter. They are to spend two-thirds of their term behind bars and the remainder on licence, beyond the walls of a young offender institution. While Attorney General Suella Braverman still believed that the sentences should be increased, she accepted the appeal judge's decision. Lizzie Harper did not attend the outcome of the proceedings. She offered a statement in which she thanked the Attorney General and spoke of her gratitude for the support she received. However, she was frustrated that no further action had been taken. She wrote how she had been continually let down by the justice system. She said, To take someone's life surely should mean to have your own freedom taken in return. Yet these criminals will see the light of day far, far earlier than they ever deserve to. Today, after so much waiting, we have finally been given the outcome of these long-awaited decisions regarding these three men, their futures and whether or not justice will ultimately be served. Of course, no punishment, no time in prison will ever serve to make up for the theft of someone's life. And not just someone, but an incredible person who gave without greed or expectation to his fellow man. And I will be eternally proud to call Andrew my husband. So where are we now? As of the time of this recording, there have been no further media updates from the representatives of Jed Foster, who was initially arrested during the hunt to track down PC Harper's killers. Foster was 20 at the time of his arrest. He was taken into custody close to the place where the car used in the crime was found. He remained behind bars for five weeks. When Foster was asked for the PIN code to unlock his mobile phone, he refused. Regardless, in due course, the police managed to gain access to the device. Text messages sent to a relative implied that Foster was involved in a car chase when news broke of PC Harper's death, and this was the cause for his incarceration. 
However, these messages turned out to be a joke. Foster later said it was stupid, sick banter. It was eventually confirmed that Foster was elsewhere when PC Harper was killed. He had what was described as an electronic alibi, as his mobile phone was in a different location when the car chase was underway. The charges were dropped. When his name was first reported in the media, he received a large amount of hate mail. Some authors of the letter suggested he should take his own life. His legal counsel described Foster's experience as nothing short of a living nightmare. A spokesperson from the Thames Valley Police confirmed that the constabulary received a potential compensation claim from a solicitor representing Foster, though the status of that claim is unknown. So far, the Change.org petition for Harper's Law has accumulated almost three-quarters of a million signatures. Based on comments made by the campaign, the finer details of the proposal are currently being drafted by civil servants and the Police Federation of England and Wales, with a view that it be brought before Parliament. While the men convicted of ending PC Harper's life will not be directly affected by the proposal, nor will their sentences be retroactively altered, the consequences of their actions during the late hours of August 15th, 2019 may well have far-reaching implications for the entire justice system. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our new Patreon producer, Kimberly Harris, and everyone who supports us on Patreon. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. 
Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gays wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 